And I think the blog one was probably the best piece of advice you gave me. And it's something that I've probably neglected. And a lot of people have said this to me that that's a great way of growing your show. So I've got to look at that as a priority. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Get ready to hear at least one way to attract more loyal listeners and profit from your podcast. Remember, though, none of what we say can help you if you don't take action. So let's make it easy. If you're new to the show, go to nextstepnation.com slash listener for show notes and a free podcast budget worksheet. For our loyal listeners who want to stop dabbling and start dominating, visit nextstepnation.com slash get started to learn more about how we can help you hit your targets in the next 100 days. Now here's the show. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, host of Next Up Nation, where we help podcasters and YouTubers with vision become preeminent thought leaders in their industry. By listening to this episode, you get the incredible opportunity to witness us dig into the why, who, and what of a podcaster's show. And then at the end, we identify one powerful how, one action that he or she can take for results in the next 30 days. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Jim Nixon. He's the host of the Community Safety Podcast. Hey, Jim. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The Community Safety Podcast has released 10 episodes since uh, the beginning of January, or since January of this year, 2021, until the time of this recording, which is May 12th of 2021. According to the Community Safety Podcast group on Facebook, this week, the podcast hit 9,000. Jim just told me he's hoping for 10,000 pretty soon uh, of the downloads in just three short months and has made the top 2% of podcasts, which is very cool. So Jim has worked as a police officer for over 20 years. His experience now helps transform communities and save lives with the podcast. Again, welcome, Jim. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me on board. Yeah. So when, uh, when did you, I know you, the episode started releasing at the beginning of this year. When did you start planning and preparing for the show? It was about September, 2020. So, um, it came out of nothing really, Tiffany. What happened was I um, I specialize in a subject called, and it's probably not a term that Americans are very um, are very sort of uh, familiar with, but it's called antisocial behavior, um, which is sort of like looking at, um, you know, that kind of behavior that causes problems in communities. It can be a whole host of things like um, domestic noise. It can be young people causing problems. And what I did was I did a series of videos on YouTube just to kind of give practitioners some practical advice and as a result of that I got some really good feedback quite a number of hits we got a thousand subscribers quite early doors and it was just one of those light bulb moments where I was thinking you know community safety is such a wide subject and there's so many components to it and I think there's a medium here with a podcast that can really help a number of people not just practitioners but the general public as well in terms of yes it's niche but I think we could open it up to a lot of people. And that's really where it came from, really. That was the light bulb moment. And then from September onwards, it was really about getting everything together. As you know, there's lots of different component parts to a, to a podcast. And it was really just learning from the internet and from people like yourself and just trying to piece it all together. So, yeah, that's where it came from. But it was literally um, four months from the idea to launch. Mm. That's awesome. Well, and, um, you know, we have a lot to get to, so I, it's, this is my favorite podcast to do, but it's also the hardest because I I could literally just sit and ask you about your show for the next hour, but I really want to make sure that we dig into, you know, actionable steps to grow your show. And also uh, by sharing that so many other podcasters are going to learn so much. I love, I'm so excited to be interviewing you because you have this topic that everybody wants to. So I'm going to indulge myself for a minute. We're going to briefly talk about your show just a little bit longer before we dig into the meat. But um, one thing that I love, you know, a lot of times podcasters, you know, they've got, I think every podcaster has a message that they want to get out or something that they want to do to help people, whether it's entertainment or true uh, growth. Um, One thing I've really enjoyed about when I was researching your show is that not only are you trying to help people, but I mean, 
you could almost categorize it as true crime. And everybody loves true crime. I mean, true crime and comedy are such hits right now because people want, that's just, you know, we're fascinated by true crime and, um, you know, and you of course have, you know, you're from the UK and so you have this awesome accent, but you're also listening to you on your podcast. You're so chill and it just feels like kind of relaxed and suspenseful. It feels like true crime, honestly, when <laughs> listening to it. So not only are we fulfilling that, like, Hey, here are actionable things that you can do. Like you do share with people. These are ways that you can, you know, sidestep these kind of things or people sharing their stories on what happened to them and, and just really giving back to the community. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's, um, I think I totally agree with you, Tiffany. You know, I think that the the whole point, you know, there's, I said when I did my introduction uh, podcast, when I was introducing the show to everybody before we launched the first episode in January, what I was saying was, that, you know, there was a real why in what we, why we were doing this. And it was about getting real people onto the podcast and getting those real stories across, you know, like when we're covering domestic abuse and when we're covering honor-based violence, all those kind of really um, important issues that people, um, you know, sometimes they don't know about it. So I think it's about raising awareness, but also about helping practitioners as well. And um, yeah, I think, uh, thank you for the compliments. And I have been complimented on that. I don't see it myself, but when I, when I've been speaking to quite a number of people, they've said that they kind of like my style. They like the way that I'm talking to guests. They like the way that I interact with them. And I've actually had quite a number of guests actually come back to me and say, you know, we we really enjoyed the way that you interviewed us. You know, you were a really good interviewer. One said to me last week, actually, it was quite, it's quite funny. You guys have um, probably heard of a guy called Piers Morgan in the, in the US. She was yeah. saying to me, you know, you're really nice, she said, but you actually get to the meat and you get the, get the information out of me without being nasty and horrible. I mean, he can, <laughs> he can be a bit nasty and horrible at times, but yeah. So I'm, I was really, really pleased about that. Mm-hmm. And it just shows me that I'm pushing out some good content. That's awesome. Well, and two, when the thing that you said was your number one thing that you wanted to grow your audience. You know, I asked beforehand, are you looking to monetize more? Or are you looking to grow your audience? And you, you definitely want to grow your audience, which is yeah, awesome. Definitely. And when you start with amazing content, it, to me, that's just awesome. Cause sometimes, you know, especially when we're looking at business podcasts are kind of, you know, mostly interesting to people who already know about this stuff, you know? Um, so when you're talking about a podcast like yours, where you're helping and it's extremely fascinating, um, you know, I feel like the sky's the limit and I think you've seen it. So you've had a proof of concept, you know, you've gone out there with just 10 episodes and you're already getting so many downloads. And so that means that as soon as they know about it, they're running to it. So, and there's, and they're continuing to listen. So I think that that's a phenomenal way to start. Yeah. I think it's, um, and hopefully it will come out in this, in this, in this podcast today that it, I'm doing everything I think I can, but obviously, you know, there may be things that, you know, we can talk about today that how I can take that to the next level because yeah, 10,000 downloads is great, but I think there's a much untapped audience out there that you know I think we could tap into I mean we've got an awful lot of listeners I think looking at my stats yesterday we've got around about 60% in the US now so I know there's a market there I know there's people that within the US that really would want to listen to the show because like you say I suppose there's the UK angle to it Um, you know certain things that we do probably that US um, residents don't do or the professionals but but I think like you say it's just interesting and the stories are real and Mm. and I think people resonate with that yeah definitely so now we're going to dig into the why who and what of your show so let's start with why um beforehand I asked I asked you a few questions and one of the things was um what is it that you wanted from your show when you started it and you said you wanted to transform communities and save lives can you tell me a little bit more about that and why that's important to you yeah, I think from a UK perspective, we are experiencing, obviously we've had COVID, we are experiencing an awful lot of 
um, issues within the UK, and I know it's a worldwide issue as well, but for example, we are suffering from a lot of violence within the UK. We're seeing now a lot of young people that are being stabbed on the streets, mm-hmm. um, you know, kids killing kids. It's really quite frustrating and quite upsetting. And for me, we've got to go back to basics. We've got to start collaborating more. We've got to start working with you know, a whole number of people. And that involves the community as well. It's not just about professionals. And for me, what we're doing at the moment is not working. So what I'm trying to do with the podcast is really trying to reach out not only to professionals, but the wider community and actually say, look, this thing's broken and we need to fix it, but we've got to go back to basics. And one of the big things we say on the podcast is, um, and this seems to, again, seems to kind of hook people in, we need to leave our egos at the door we need to, I think sometimes when you're trying to do good things, you then get sucked into competition and people all want to kind of vie for positions. And what I'm trying to say to professionals in particular is, look, if we're all going to change communities for the better and we're going to start cutting deaths and you know, reducing kind of some of these incidents and make our community safer, we've got to work together. We've got to tap into all the good brains within our country and work as one and whoever gets the credit for it i really don't care and that's what it's about for me it's about that passion to get as many people on board and save lives and make our communities safer so we go out the door and we don't feel the way some people feel yeah you know and i and i think you hit it right on the head violence is is really i I mean, I can say I'm listening to you talk about the UK. I know in the US, it's a big thing. We I, we talked about this earlier. I live in Billings, Montana. Montana's lifted restrictions early. So you would think that we would have less of it. There would be less of an impact when it comes to crime and things. But Billings, Montana has one of the highest crime rates per capita in the US. So, um, so looking at that, I think you know, something is definitely happening and working together is really important. So I, I think that what you're doing is really valuable. Who would you say is your ideal audience? Who do you want listening to your show or who do you envision listening? Yeah. To your I show mean, ideally? yeah. When I started looking at it, I thought to myself, you know, it, it is quite niche, but community safety affects all of us. We're all in this together. So I think at the forefront, and I've seen this from evidence, you know, I'm starting to see an awful lot of police officers now listening to the show. I've also got a lot of people working in community safety that are, you know, starting to latch onto it. But like I just said, Tiffany, I think that there is a much wider audience out there. People, you mentioned true, true crime earlier. We all love true crime. We all love what, you know, even when I was a police officer, you still sit down. I still do to this day. Look at documentaries that are about true crime, how the crime was solved, um, you know, how did they get from A to Z, you know, those kind of things. So I think it appeals to a much wider audience too. So even though we've niched down, I think there's a worldwide audience out there that could potentially, I mean, we're in 34 countries at the moment, not massive numbers, but I think that shows to me that there is an interest and people will be interested um, in, in, in the content because, like I said, the guests are real. They are real stories. They're not made up. And I think what also makes it quite interesting as well, the show, is that I can I can give a valued opinion to. And I think from the feedback I've been getting from get, from audiences and guests is that they like the fact that I've got a good amount of knowledge on the subject too, so I can actually ha- add value to the show as well. So it becomes more of about just just a nice conversation around a couple of professionals that are giving the audience some great content. Yeah, I think that that I think you're right on the money with that, because when you know the subject, not only do you have things to add to it, but you have such better questions, you know, like you can dig deeper because you know that there's more in a certain area and in a certain topic. Um, So I think that I think you're right on about that. Yeah. And I think also what I can do is I can give real life examples of my own experiences. So, you know, when I was in the police, things that have happened to me or where I'm working in the environment I'm working in now, because I work in community safety, I can, I can sort of tag in there, you know, put in their real life experiences. And I think, again, the audience really do get that. And they, they appreciate that those experiences that I can share with them. I love it. I love it. So one thing, so I'm, 
I'm looking at this in two areas and I'm, I'm really going to be putting my marketer's hat on <laughs> from here on out. So at no point, think, don't ever think that I, I take light of your, your subject matter or the people that you're serving, but I am going to be a little more like left brain about this no, from here on out, but just know, I love what you're doing. Um, so from a marketing standpoint, it's really important to be talking to a specific audience. So I really like that, you know, that you're talking it seems like you've started it looking at it like you're talking to uh, you know police, the police officers, people in that industry, people working in community safety. However, obviously people are gonna love that. <laughs> in fact, they're gonna love that you're talking about it from that angle too. So it, it makes it actually more appealing. One thing that I see a lot of people do is they'll be like, oh, this is for everyone. You know, I, I remember one time someone was trying to sell me skincare and I was like, well, you know, who is your target audience? And they're like people with skin. And I'm like, no, that's not even true, <laughs> you know? And so it, it really waters down um, the message. But so what, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, would you say that your target audience who you're sp speaking to directly are police officers, people in that industry? Yeah. There's a wide, wide network of community safety professionals. So for example, <clears throat> excuse me, it could be police officers. It could be people actually working in community safety, say for local authorities, um, like, like councils, but also you've got like a much wider network there. You've got people working in drugs, people working in safeguarding, uh, people working in domestic abuse, people working in honor-based violence. So you can see the broadness of it. So we're tapping into all those people. And what you find with community safety is it all interlinks. Mm. So they all those individuals, if it, even, if it, even if it isn't. So, for example, domestic abuse. Officers are dealing with, police officers are dealing with that day in, day out, but they're not experts at it. So if we can give them some golden nuggets from a conversation that you have with a domestic abuse survivor, that then allows them to kind of maybe approach their job in a different way. So I think that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get, we're trying to get people within our profession just to think slightly differently or not even slightly, but big in a big way on how they're doing things. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think the main target audience is those kind of professionals. Right. And then, so if, if they are your target audience, one thing, my next question is, is like, what problem are you solving for them through your show? We call it the audience promise. So what is it that you're saying? Hey, if you listen to our show over time, this is what your, your transformation is going to be. Um, you kind of mentioned it just now. I mean, they're able to learn more about other areas and serve better. Is there anything else that you could see other problems that you're solving or transformations that they could enjoy by listening to your show over time? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, increasing knowledge. But I think the other thing is what I talked earlier about collaboration. And I think what it's doing is what we're creating is a really nice network of people that are all now starting to talk to, to each other a bit more and breaking those, those barriers. So that's the beauty for me. And that's the big, big why about what we're doing this for is to break down those barriers. So I think that's one of the biggies for me. Okay. That's awesome. And then um, do you have a way as you are releasing episodes and seeing the response that you're getting, have you found yourself evaluating the response and maybe adjusting what you're like, what content you're putting out or how you're operating or managing your podcast? Yeah. I think one of the things I'm probably toying with at the moment <clears throat> that I'm not doing at the moment is we're not putting much out in terms of teasers. And that's really down to just the, the the sort of the network that we've got from a, a backup point of view with the podcast. So ideally I'd like to start putting out a bit more edited um, sort of teasers. And I think we're going to look at that particularly, you know, we're halfway through, we're going to do 20 episodes on this particular series. So we'll look at starting to put that out a little bit more. Um, I've also kind of sort of taken a bit of a, a review of my, um, my social media as well. So we're looking at that at the moment. And I think at times I've probably put too much out. So now I'm sort of starting to do stuff around more asking questions around what we're covering more so than just pushing the podcast. I think people sometimes can get a little bit bored of that, you know, so I'm starting to put out more content where I'm sort of saying, you know, here's a problem, you know, how do we solve it? 
and then what that obviously leads on to is you know the next episode whether it be domestic abuse or drugs or whatever we're covering on that particular week so i think that's one of the things that i'm trying to do to to sort of provoke a bit more thought and that i'm not boring people too much with just you know just sort of promoting the podcast all the time if just that talking makes at them yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just talk, i'm trying to i'm trying to engage more i'm trying to get more engagement from my my target audience and i think that's something that i've probably missed a little bit of a trick on really we've got some good groups going like we've got um, a facebook group we've got over 500 members on there now um you know there's an awful lot of followers on 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 linkedin but you know people just get a bit bored don't they you know that from your own experiences as 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 a a podcast professional yeah definitely well and uh, the fact that you're out there and trying, I always like to hear your answer, in fact, because I I like it when I hear people are trying it, they're listening to what their audience is saying, they're making adjustments, because that is that is gold, because you're building onto that. So as you start, you're putting the content out, you're you're really getting to know your who's listening and then responding. So after the cor- over the course of a year, you're going to wake up and be like, holy smokes, you know, I've got all these people completely engaged. And then anything you do is just right on top of that. So I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I also no, love your group. You. Um, thank you for inviting me to your group. No, that's fine, I yeah. love it. <laughs> I think that you are getting amazing engagement in that. And I love how you manage it as well. So um, whoever's listening, I highly recommend um the uh, community safety podcast <laughs> group. It's just really awesome. So thank you. So good job on that. Thank um, you. And then how, you know, you talked about uh, your number one goal right now for your show is to grow the audience. How do you measure whether you're expanding your audience? Um, I think I'm getting the sort of a gauge from obviously the downloads. I think that shows us and also the sort of demographics when I see the different people, you know, different countries that are engaging with the podcast. And it's good to, you know, I've just started, I've just done a couple of platforms as well, where we're reaching out more into sort of India and the Hispanic countries, um, particularly if they're obviously learn, listening in English, which, which from my research they are, which is great. Um, so I'm getting that engagement from, you know, like you just said, around the Facebook, the Facebook group as well, you know, the kind of engagement that I'm getting on there, how people are really enjoying it and we're seeing numbers grow every single day. So I think there's, there's, there's various components. One of the things I find quite frustrating, but I've started to come away from it is that I was looking a lot at Apple, the Apple charts a lot and looking on Chartable and looking at where we would kind of be. And what I was finding was that I think our highest position in the documentary sort of um, section of UK has been number 17. But then what I find is, is that we kind of like, then all of a sudden we'll drop like a stone and we'll, we'll be down in the hundreds and then it will rise back up. So I've kind of sort of moved away from that really, because yeah, it'd be nice to have a number, a number one um, podcast, it is early days for us. I appreciate that. And I do also appreciate we're only putting contact out every two weeks, but I'm sort of, I'm moving away from that. And I'd be interested in your views on that really. But for me, it's not the ultimate benchmark anymore. Yeah. Well, and I always say downloads, even it number one, podcasts are very difficult to measure when it comes to engagement. I mean, there are tools and things like that, and we can put our best foot forward when it comes to tracking it. Uh, I also like to look at downloads because we are able to embed our, you know, those, the audio in different places, like on blog posts and things like that. So, so I appreciate that. And it gives a sense of, okay, well, if I have that many downloads in the first 30 days, I can assume that I've got, you know, a certain, you know, a growing number. So if, if like, you know, if let's say in the first 30 days, you start with a hundred downloads and then you know, the next time you have 200, then I could uh, safely assume that I've, even if, you know, 10% are actively engaged in listening, uh, that's still a growing number. So that, and, and I think all of it, if we were to just look at those numbers and use that uh, as our own growth measurement and KPI, when it comes to uh, meeting the goals that we have for it, I think it's more of a vanity metric than anything, but um, it, it, yeah, I'd agree. What else that. do we have, right? <laughs> I think your group. I would yeah. probably wait. I think. That I think growth. it just. I think. Yeah, I think it just gives you a bit of confidence that you're mm-hmm. doing something. You know, I, I speak to some people, and um, they will say to me, "Oh, how did you do that?" Because I've only had like you know fifty downloads in a month, 
And, you know, that makes me feel quite, quite bad. And I try and help them as much as I can, you know, and it, sometimes it's probably down to bad, you know, poor content or things that they're not doing quite right. So I'll help as much as I can. Um, so I'm happy with what we're doing, but it's like anything in life, you just want to keep growing and growing. And because there's a particular real why and real mission about this, I think this is why I want to grow it as much as we can, because the more people we get on board, the more chance we've actually got of forcing change through, you know, via our government and, and via sort of other, other methods so we can actually make real change. You know, it's not just about a podcast. This isn't, you know, it's a lot more and a lot deeper than that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and at the end of the day, I know um, for myself and the people that I work with, ultimately, there's some other measurement, you know, if you're wanting to change lives, you know, kind of looking at how do we know that, but when you're starting out a show, you just have to get traction, like there's nothing else that can replace that. So as you start to get traction, then you're able to go, oh, okay, well, now how, how can I find out if I'm changing lives? You know, I think it's brilliant with your group because you're going to be able to engage a lot better and hear more of the stories. So I think that that's you know, and hearing their feedback, um, on, you know, maybe, I mean, I was listening to one of the episodes today and I mean, I was like trying not to cry, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, as you're, you know, I think if anything, engaging that kind of thing, like, what did you guys think about this and what, you know, asking questions about the show, I think is just brilliant. Yeah. It's so. amazing. how many guests actually, how many, audience members have actually contacted me and said that you know even people mm -hmm. that i would think are quite strong individuals have listened to a couple of the episodes and they've actually said you know it just brought me to tears mm -hmm. and you know even when i i interview a couple of people particularly around domestic abuse you know it it it, it can um can have an effect on you as well you know but it is really important stuff mm -hmm. and it really does hit the right mark i think Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Evoking emotions. I think it's a good thing. I think it's really yeah. great. Well, let's talk a little bit, change gears a little bit and talk about what you're already doing. That's work. We've talked a little bit about it just now. Um, and have you, let's see, what have you found to be the most effective way to attract listeners already? I think the most effective thing that I did was I was very, very mindful when I started out was to get a strong brand. So I made sure I used a proper designer to actually do my logo, made sure that, you know, we, we then put a lot of stuff out in social media, mainly at the start was probably Twitter and LinkedIn. And then later on a bit more Facebook. And now we've gone on to Instagram as well. And we're doing a lot of those platforms now, but I think it was really about kind of just keep putting out content in terms of what was when I, when I secured a new guest, say for example, um, in a particular field of, of community safety, I would promote that and put that picture up and just keep a little bit of kind of energy going around the podcast before, well, before it was launched uh, and put a lot of effort and time into that, even to the point where I'd get sort of these um, sort of videos that we could like, we could tailor so we could, um, they were quite actiony kind of videos where, you know, you've got like breaking news and like, you know, like you, you get on these news channels um, where they're quite graphic and they're quite, um, they're quite sort of, um, they, they grip people. And then we could insert our logo. So and there was good music and upbeat music. So I think that was really important that we sort of kept selling that, that, that message to our target audience. And I think that kind of, when we launched on the 22nd of January, I think that's what it showed that we got some quite decent downloads um, quite early on. You know, I think we got about 60 to 100 in day one. And then by the end of the week, we got about 300. So it showed me that we kind of got that nice niche network before we even launched. And I think that's quite, that's quite important. I think what a lot of people find is they don't do an awful lot of that engagement before they launch. And then what happens is they launch and they expect all these people to come flooding into their podcast and they get two downloads. And I think that can really dishearten people. Yeah. In the beginning, that's like the most you're going to get for a bit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, even unless you're famous, I always say like, I've got a lot of ideas unless you're famous and then you have different rules, <laughs> like different rules. Apply. Yeah, we've got, but most yeah, of us got, aren't that famous. Like we're not, I'm not a real housewife of Billings, Montana or anything, <laughs> you know? So, um, so I think that that's, that's really true. So what that means when you're launching is that you do need to create that momentum going into it because it, those first 30 to 45 days are, you are going to get 
extra algorithms behind you. You're, you know, there's just so much that you get, you get this fresh, you're fresh, you know, so you get that chance to, you know, be there. Um, but yeah, so you want to definitely make the most of it. So I'm glad that you yeah. did that. And, and I, I, like, that was, I love your logo. <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that, you know. And and again, I'd like to think that everything we've done, and for any of your listeners that obviously are looking at starting a podcast, it's really about um, think about your audience as well, you know, not just thinking about your own personal preferences. You've got to think about what will appeal to them. I think it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's very important that you think about that. Sometimes people, when they set up a podcast or anything in life, they think about themselves and what they like, but you've got to think about what, what would appeal to them too. Um, and I think that's sometimes quite hard to do. So you have got to think about that. And also then when you've launched as well, I think you've got to still keep engaging and that engagement is a constant thing. It's not just, you know, if, if there's gaps, the audience will pick up on that. I think, you know, you've got to be consistent. Um, but again, like I've learned not too consistent. So I think a lesson I would say to your audience is don't pump stuff at them all the time. You know, if you're going to do stuff on social media, yes, advertise when the next episode is, but be more thought provoking that then leads into your next episode. I think that's a key point for me that I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And again, looking at, um, you know, the audience promise, I think is so important, like what you're promising the audience to deliver, because that can help frame your entire social media strategy. <laughs> you know, you could yeah. be, you know, uh, creating content based off of episodes, because there are so many nuggets in one episode. And so you can be fulfilling that promise over and over again with just one episode. So I think that yeah, that's, that's really right. good advice. So, and I did look at your website. It didn't look like you have a blog, but do you have a blog? No, I don't have a blog, but we are looking at that at the moment. And um, to be honest with you, Tiffany, the, the website was pretty much hashed together very quickly because we wanted a website, but um, I'm pleased to say that within the next week or so, I've got um, a very good contact of mine that's actually re revamped that now. And it's going to look a lot fresher and a lot nicer and a lot easier to use. So hopefully within the next week or so, we'll have a much better website on there because it's not, it's, it's a very basic website at the moment, I'm afraid. And um, I always wanted something better, but we just, we just ran out of time. So we just needed something there as a platform that people could engage. But even then, you know, so even saying that, I think as, as we stand, we've got about four or 500 subscribers to that particular website. So, you know, mm -hmm. something's gone right. Well, and I think that that just illustrates something that I always say. So I love that you're like living proof that this is true. <laughs> you know, so often somebody, you know, people want everything perfect before they launch drives me crazy because it's like, you don't even know what your audience is going to like and what they're not going to like. And you're going to, you know, nine months later, you're going to be sick of the whole idea. Like you're, gonna, you know, and so if you just go do it, you get to start learning right away. You can improve what you've started. You've got proof of concept, you, you know, and then having a website, I always say, this is like the number one thing is having that home base, you know, yes. and uh, making it easy. So people get to pick like, what platform do you want to consume this show on? And it really shows that they, they come to your website, obviously, and it's because they like the content on your show. And so they're willing to overlook a lot, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's great. And then you come back and go, okay, well, we have a winner. So we should probably, <laughs> you know, I, and I always say like, whatever's working, you want to go back and optimize that first. So if you're seeing, that people are going to your website and think it's really smart that you're going to go back and go, okay, well, let's improve the website. You know, if somebody, if you were getting a ton of traffic to YouTube, I'd say, okay, well, why don't, you know, do that first then. Um, but again, and not that you have to pick and choose because you can kind of test. Uh, but I think it's really smart that you got your website going uh, as much as you could, and then just started pumping out that good content. And then now yeah. you can go back and do that. I think the other, good. I think the other tip I'd say is what well, Tiffany, one of the big things that I wanted to do, was I wanted the podcast to sound um, good quality. So there's a couple of things that we did. Obviously, we're both using the same microphone here. You know, we, we obviously I, I did my research. I didn't want to I didn't want to condense a mic because I knew that that obviously has its difficulties. So I wanted a dynamic one, and the Shure Seven, you know, SF Seven B <laughs> came out. You know, and I'm not I'm not trying to sell products here or anything like that. I'm not on commission, but it is a great mic. You know, it is oh, yeah. the best mic, and it's the one that a lot of good decent podcasters use. And then the other little thing that I, you know, a little tip. 
um, that I do as well. And it does cost a little bit of money, but I also bought some Audio Technica um, dynamic mics as well. So I bought two. Um, they're, they're only about $100 each, but they are really good quality microphones. And what I do is I send those out to my guests with a return label. So I send them out. We obviously go for a bit of a tutorial and they work how, how to use it. But boy, does it make a difference to the quality of your of your broadcast? Um, your podcast sounds a lot crisper, a lot better. Um, I, I just think it's really difficult. I, in fact, there was one guest I couldn't get the microphone out to, and we said we'd give it a go. And as soon as I um, as soon as I started interviewing her, I said, "Look, we can't do this because it's not it's not in line with the quality of what I've done before, and it's just going to show out like a you know." Uh, yeah, like a sore thumb. So um, we we aborted and we've just done it with my microphone and it sounded just so much better. So that's okay. another good tip, you know, that I think is really important is think about the quality that you're putting out as well around your microphone and the, the sound quality. I love it. So I have to ask, and then we'll kind of move on to the next part, but I have to ask, what do you, what platform do you use to do your interviews on? We use Squadcast at the moment, um, although we are we are sort of toying with uh, Riverside as well. Um, so Squadcast has been good. It can be temperamental at times. Um, it, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but it is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, certainly, the you know, it compresses in a different way. Um, I've done my research on Riverside, and I think that's worth a go as well. And then I'll, I'll make a de- I'll make a decision. Um, what I like about Riverside is, and we've just done a bit of a competition on my on my podcast, as you've probably seen, Tiffany. And one of the things is a bit of an access all areas. And the good thing about Riverside is, is that um, guests can or or, or you know, audience can listen in live. Mm. So it's part of our ex- access all areas kind of thing. So what I'm going to do is give guests the opportunity to hear. Um, you know, episodes live, unedited, which I think will be quite appealing. I love that. So, okay, I, I have to not geek out too much, but um, so now I know Squadcast just recently in the last few months added video. Does Riverside record video? Yes, and do they does. do the same thing where they record it locally and then they upload yes. it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, okay. one, and the good thing, what we found with Squad, Squadcast is we had an issue the other day, actually, where um, there was an issue with my um, guest, and when we um, when we downloaded it, it wasn't all there. Um, and then what I was able to do was back it up. So Squadcast back it up and Riverside do something very similar. So it's really not a problem, you know, in terms of if you if you say you've forgotten to hit record, um, there is still a backup facility, which is quite good. Okay. Okay, so I'm about to go from the my from the gathering information and having conversations and clarifying how things are going for you into the kind of my take side of things. But before I do, I know that your so your goal is to transform transform communities and save lives. What do you feel is standing between you and fulfilling that vision for your show? I think one of the things that obviously we need more listeners because I think the more traction we get in terms of listeners and the more buying we get, the more traction we're going to get in terms of getting in front of governments and changing things at both at local and national level. So I think that's a really, really key one for me. Um, and, and it's, it's, it, again, it's just once we've got the listeners, it's about getting those people on board and, and buying into the message. So I think those are the, are the obstacles. Um, and I think, the more listeners we can get, the more chance we've got of doing that. And, I, and I've not set any kind of realistic time scale around this. I accept that some of this won't get probably even sorted in my life, lifetime. But what I want to do is start you know, that thought-provoking kind of conversation with people so it kind of plants a seed. Um, an example I would give you is you know, we, we spend an awful lot of money across the world on tackling criminals, you know, but wouldn't it be so much better if we, if we spent more money on early, early intervention? so that we mm. kind of get into kids a lot earlier so we never see them in prison for me that's a no-brainer and a lot of people are starting to sit up and listen to this now and think actually that's not a bad idea and there's a lot of work going on in the background at the moment particularly in the uk to look at this so again it's about looking at things slightly differently and and and, and implementing change in those kind of ways you know that in the future hopefully we'll see much safer communities less violence a lower prison population that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? 
Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, and even what you're doing now, you know, what the types of interviews that you're doing is really intriguing for people. And that's what sells quite honestly, like that's the stuff people want to listen to if they weren't listening to something else, but as you create momentum, you get more room to kind of do do what would actually work, which is like you're talking about in early intervention Uh, in marketing. It's always, we always say like we sell the thing everybody wants and then give them what they actually need to achieve it. (laughs) You know? So, I mean, I wouldn't, that's not like, it probably sounds worse than it really is, but it's true because we all think that we know what we need, but then we ask a professional and then we're telling that, you know, it'd be like going to the doctor and being my leg hurts. Um, And I think it's because you know, I ate pizza last night and they're like, um, no, here's an antacid, but now let's talk about what's really causing the pain in your <laughs> leg, you know? So, um, so I love that. I think that that's a really cool vision. So the bottom line is, is getting your show in front of more people, um, making it relevant to people who are involved at the local and national level, even yeah. global, really, it sounds yeah. like, um, and, and I actually, this is a question I usually ask earlier, but I kind of crossed it out like, oh my gosh, you're doing so many th- great things in this area. But it, it the, at the end of the day, it, I think I need to bring it back. And that is, are you members of groups? I know you're um, a retired policeman. Is that right? Did I remember that? Yeah, I, well, I left the police early. So I, okay. did 20, I did 20 years and then I left early to pursue other, other areas within community safety because I was that passionate about it. So um, and also the police have suffered a lot of cuts. So yeah, so that's mm, why okay. I, that's why I left. So you, but you've had a, you know, a couple decades in that industry. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, so, I mean, are you members of groups that are in the community safety realm that you interact with and maybe share episodes with, if it's answering specific questions or are you getting involved in that way to um, maybe um, number yeah, I'd one? Say- as an influencer, it's good just so people know your name. I mean, because you don't want to go in and just like drop your link all the time, but you do want to go in. And then when you do answer a question with your link, they're more likely to click on it. That's been really effective for me. I don't know. Is that something you've tried? Something I'm just starting doing actually, Tiffany, because I think one of the things that I wasn't doing, I was putting a lot of posts on LinkedIn, for example, but I wasn't actually engaging with a lot of the conversations. So what I'm doing now is I'm making sure that I'm looking, and I've actually done a lot of work on it today, where I'm looking at specific people and specific groups. And actually, um, I took this advice from somebody, a LinkedIn expert the other day, actually said, you know, for every for every one post that you put on LinkedIn, you should be engaging with at least five other posts. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm seeing is by that engagement, I'm, I'm passing on my knowledge to people. They're then getting to uh, understand what the podcast is about. I've been quite clever as well in terms of I, I've not just done the LinkedIn with my name. I did initially, but now I've actually incorporated the Community Safety Podcast as well. So now they'll see my name, but then they'll they'll see, oh, Community Safety Podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, about sort of provoking a little bit. Well, what's that all about? So that's why I've done that. Um but I think that's starting to work. I've started to see real traction, not just on LinkedIn, but also on Twitter and on Instagram now as well. So I think that is a real key to it, that you you target the right people, give them value, and then they give you value back and they listen to your show. Okay, awesome. I love it. Okay, so now I'm going to take a turn and um, you're still part of the conversation, <laughs> but that's this fine. is where I'm, I'm going to kind of, Break it down. So I have your permission to give you advice. Is that Absolutely. true? <laughs> okay, Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Um, and let's see. First of all, I just want to say I there are four Ps to preeminence or getting well-known. And so basically we're looking at not just being top of mind, but building your credibility as well. And those four Ps, um, you've got to know your purpose, which you shared at the beginning. You need to know who your people are your audience, really dial into that messaging, optimize the promotion of the show. So not just do a ton of promotion, but build on what you're doing, which I think you're doing really well, and then earn proceeds uh, or profit to pay for help. Now, when I go into these hot seats, I will, I ask ahead of time, are we talking about preeminence? Are we talking about proceeds? And we're talking about preeminence. So I know you've got some ways that you're doing profit, but this would be like a three hour show if I did like the full strategy (laughs) on it. So as much as I want to ask you more questions about that, we're just going to focus on growing your audience in this. Does that sound good? That sounds perfect. 
Okay, awesome. So number one, I'm going to first talk about things I think you're extremely strong in, um, some areas that I think there are opportunity. And then if I were the boss of you and can make you do one thing, that's going to be my third thing is what, you know, like this is it. And I actually have three because I feel like sometimes I'll bring one up and it's like, well, that's really not going to happen. And um, it is really important to me that you have one that you could see yourself doing uh, afterwards. And I think yeah, that so. any one of the three, you'll be able to see results in the first 30 days. Sound good? Sounds good to me. You ready? Okay. So number number one, the things I think you're really strong at, among other things. So this is not all inclusive, but just things that really stood out. I do think your your podcast sounds great. I think when someone gets to the show, they're going to be thrilled to get to listen to it. Not just, I mean, number one, you do have great sound quality, which obviously was not an accident. So you've done a really good job with that. Also, just the sound of it. Like, I'm going to listen to a community safety podcast. I didn't know if it was going to sound like some EMT got on and is going to start babbling, but it isn't. It's like, it is like, this is someone's real story, but it's, but um, it feels like I'm, I'm watching like a professional program. um, So I think it's great. I love your title because like you just mentioned, when people see it, I think it's intriguing. We all want community safety. It's top of mind right now. There's more violence. We talked about that than ever. So I love your title. Uh, I love that you have a page on your website for guest bios. Uh, And um, so I think definitely keep, don't get rid of that. I think it's brilliant. I think number one, it it builds credibility. It's like social proof. These are my people. And then also it helps the SEO on your website because when people are looking up uh, your show or when they're looking up those people, your show is going to come up. So I think that that's awesome. Your Facebook group. I already talked about that a lot. So I'll just touch on it. It's really active. Um, I like the way that you interact with the group. I'm really happy to be part of the group myself, which is, I'm in a lot of groups. So that's, you know, I think we all feel the same way where it's like, if I'm going to have to see stuff on my feed, I better like it. And I do. So I appreciate that. Yes. Um, and then also now I, when I test podcasts, cause you, as you can imagine, I listen to and study a lot of podcasts. So, um, and yours are about an hour. So some, a lot are more, <laughs> some are a little bit less. Um, so I did, I did what I do a lot of times where I listen to the beginning. I actually listen to a lot of the first part and then just kind of skip through just to see like, what's the format sounding like, what's the mood, um, as I'm going through it. And then the end, I always want to hear like, how do you close out? And I really liked what I, what I heard because it is long. And so you had like an intermission where it's like, okay, we're going to just take a break. And then you had this really cool intermission thing program that you had, and then you went back into it and it was like a whole different part of the topic. So I felt like it was like two chapters of a book. So I just really liked that. Um, I liked your intro too, because you had the intro and then you had a teaser. So you had like a really good takeaway right at the beginning. So I loved it. I loved your format. And then at the end, this is another thing I loved about your format. And I haven't heard this done Um, And it actually helps with the number one thing I want you to do. So this is really awesome. But at the end, I liked how you had kind of your takeaway, like, okay, interview's over now. Let me tell you what I really think, (laughs) you know, I I really like that. I love that part of it. And (laughs) and again, I think it shows that we've really thought about it in, and actually we were criticized by one podcast professional who I asked to review the show. And he said, mm-hmm. he, he said, um, Oh, I don't like the fact that you put that little teaser in, but actually the feedback we've had is people love it. Mm-hmm. They absolutely love that part of it. Well, they do it on TV and, um, we never used to do that. In fact, we for next step nation, cause I've done several podcasts and, and I'm always testing. I always say like my podcast is the Guinea pig. So yeah. I, I'm not, my ego is not bigger than my desire to learn. <laughs> so absolutely. I, I'm fine. Um, it's a selfish thing. My podcast is super selfish. I just learned from it. And so with Next Up Nation, it was the first time that we did a teaser right at the beginning, what they call a cold open. And it's because of one of the first people I interviewed for my show. So I, I did 12 interviews to prepare for the launch. And then um, in one of them, it was a gal. She was, she was like a Hollywood red carpet reporter correspondence person. And she was in uh, production of TV and things like that. Um, and so she's, she, this is her format. She told me she went through like why she does it. And so we did it and I love it. So as soon as you did that, I recognize it. And I say, you figure in the entertainment industry, they're putting billions of dollars into it. And if they're doing it, you know, it's got to make money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So good for you for just like, whatever, I'm still going to do it. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then some areas that I see opportunity. And again, these try to lean into things you're already doing well, Uh, a tiny thing, um, is that whenever someone asks you for your podcast website, always give them the community safety podcast.co.uk. Um, and you might already do that. Um, in my questionnaire, you gave me the podcast podcast, but as a marketer, you represent that podcast at every moment. So always give out that because it's part of your branding. You put yeah. a lot into branding. Um, so I just was, it's the tiniest thing, but, um, it's really important. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Um, And then number two, great job on your website that you have easy to find social links at the top. Because when I go to a podcast, it's like, okay, I've listened to it. I'm not listening to the show all day. So how can I remember to listen to the show tomorrow? Usually I'll, I'll click, you know, join the group or something like that. So I think that that's really great that you have it really, um, obvious at the top. So as you're redoing your website, make sure you like my my two cents is leave that at the top. However, your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn is broken. Um, so your LinkedIn link, it doesn't go anywhere. All right, um, and, okay. and then Twitter, same. Um, and then YouTube, it'd be awesome if you were to make like a couple uh, excerpts from a show where you just took out like, I don't know how much time, but part of the show and made a couple YouTubes of like your favorite ones or something, and then just created a channel and had that link go directly, not channel, directly to the play. You could either create a channel or create a playlist because like you said, the, sh- the videos that you already have there are awesome, but they're not branded the same. And so, so when I clicked on it, it went to like a search for that site, but I would recommend having a playlist within that brand, because you have all this other great content. So as a user, yeah. I'd be like, wow, thanks. I have more stuff I can watch. Like I want more. Um, yeah, so I, lo- I love that you already have those videos, but just to create the playlist for the show that's branded so that when I click on, I'm like, oh, this makes, yeah, I'm at the right spot. <laughs> you yeah, know? that makes sense. That makes sense. And and it's good timing because it sounds like you're right in the middle of improving all that anyways. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, but we, we just wanted to sort of like get our feet in the water. Like you mm-hmm. said earlier, really we're kind of improving it as we go along really and learning from our mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So those are, like I said, those are super tiny things before I go on to the, like, if I'm the boss of the world part, um, number one, we, I always, I'm actually going to have to just start scheduling these hot seats for longer because I just don't think it's reasonable to do this in an hour, but are you okay on time? Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So do you have any questions or comments about either either of those two things, what you're strong at or areas of opportunity? Because I know I, mean, I thank you. that off quickly. Thank, thank, I feel really privileged that of the, the positive feedback that you've given me from somebody like yourself. So that really gives me a real um, boost of confidence. And mm-hmm. I think the things that you've picked up on are absolutely bang on. I think they're absolutely spot on. And um, we will definitely be an hour, an hour already working on that. I've actually just... Um, I've been very lucky that, you know, we've got, I've managed to sort of recruit volunteers that help me with all my stuff. So I've just recruited somebody to come on and just help me with social media and just try and improve things. And uh, we've been working on it today. So yes, totally agree with what you've, what you've just recommended there. Awesome. Well, good, good. That's excellent. Okay. So if I was boss of the world, so you can do, I'm going to say them in order of priority. So like if you just picked one, you could pick the first one, or the second one, yeah. or, or pick your favorite. Because I also know for passion projects, if you pick any of these three, you will, I mean, you're already seeing great results, but it's just going to put fuel behind that fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So number one is um, just scheduling going into other people's groups that not our podcast groups, but are, you know, in the community safety realm. So that would be like a very powerful thing. Even if you just did, um, I always call it my pajama time where I go in and I just chat with people, you know, and it's really about just sitting and being ahead. And you talked about it. So you already know this probably, but it's really just about being in the headspace of just, I'm just talking with these people who care about the same thing I care about. Yeah. And so a lot of times I'll do it like on a Saturday morning, literally in my pajamas and just, you know, cause I feel like it's not work. I feel like I'm getting to talk about something. Yeah, I'm the I same. I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Because you're so passionate about it. Um, and because I'm so passionate about the podcast, it's just like, it isn't, it isn't like work for me. And this is what I love about it. Yeah. It's hard work, but it's enjoyable work. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and then when you're sitting in that frame of mind, you're, it's not like, let me come solve all your problems. It's just really about we're equals. This is what's happening. It puts them in a different mindset too, genuinely, not even manipulatively, just they're, they want to hear what you have to say because they see that you just genuinely are part of this group and you are yeah. contributing. But the nice thing is, is magically and not so magically is that you will have a, an episode that will speak directly to what they're talking about. Yeah, And absolutely. you're going to say like, and usually what I'll do when I, cause I really avoid including links. I'll usually say like, you know, something about like, oh, this is what you just said. This is my take on it. Here's, you know, here's something that I found that this person was telling me if the group allows links, I'll drop it and just say, you're going to hear it. It's about five minutes in this is what they were talking about. Or I'll just say, you know, this is exactly what they said. <laughs> and then just message me if you want to hear the episode, but it's, you know, and sometimes yeah, they will idea. and sometimes they won't. So, but again, it fits into the conversation. Yeah. I like that. I think I think one of the things I've been really careful about is, and I did make this mistake, was probably pumping the link out a lot and just really sort of again, like you said, talking at people. Mm. Where I think now I'm engaging with them a lot more. I'm seeing, like you've just said, better results because people then have a, a, a an honest conversation with you, and then you talk to them about the podcast, and that makes a massive difference. I think. Yeah, and when you think about it, most people find podcasts will one, and I'm about to talk about this other idea too, but. Um, Edison Research and NPR, they did a study on how people find podcasts and it's, you know, usually a web search, but number two is referrals. And, yeah. and that's usually battling for number one. I mean, it's usually one or the other, but if you think about it, if you're in groups like that, those people talk, I mean, they're in the group. They're the ones that you want out there <laughs> telling everybody else about your show. So, so you just, it's more than just it, number one, I think guerrilla marketing is the best where you're just really caring about every single person who's listening to your show, but yeah. also those are the people who are going to really be um, talking more about it. So yeah, so sounds th great. there's one, there's one. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and then the, the second thing is the blog post. I, 100%. I, you know, with every podcast that I've ever had, we've written blog posts for the, each episode because I found it to be a lot more effective to share a link to the exact episode. So if we're talking about creating a social media strategy and going, okay, I want to have quotes by my guests. You don't just want to share with them the homepage. You want to share with them the blog post where they're talking about it because then people are going, oh, okay. Um, here's the blog post here, the, you know, with the blog post, you have all the links to go to the different, you know, you want to go to Apple podcast. You want to go to Google. It's right there on the blog post. There's an embedded audio for that exact episode. So yeah. it's like a one-stop shop. The other thing is besides just being able to share it on social media, share it on emails as you're building your email list is that that's when that web search comes into play. You have that one blog posts, it's got, it's just rich with words that Google can pick up on. And then when they go to that page and they click on the audio, that's a download because it's linked directly from your RSS feed. So, yeah. So we do, um, we do the, um, the show notes and a lot of that has got the links on it, but where I think do what the show notes go? Um, they, they are obviously we use transistor. So I put, I always download those and they've got all the various links Okay. So maybe that I can try and modify some of that maybe. Yeah. I would definitely have it on your own website because every, every time there's content on a different platform, then that platform controls your brilliant. destiny. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the other thing is, is fine. And this is off. This is not like the top three things, but as you're doing such a great job with your group, finding a way to capture their email addresses, because again, right now, email or um, Facebook owns them. But as soon as they transition and say, Hey, I don't want to miss an episode, you know? Um, and then you can put that, you, there's ways to automate even sending them an email when new episodes come out. Transistor yeah. might even have a way to do that. So, so just building like collect, you know, gathering all that, because right now you don't really have time to like be doing all the things, but if you can start building the foundation so that when you yeah. are ready to do that, you're like, Oh, look, I already have 300 people on my email list, you know, versus, and, and people are excited already. So just capturing that. Yeah. Um, so, sounds good. So getting into other people's group, that's number one. Number two is the blog post writing it. And then anytime there's a social media post about something, having it go directly to your, your blog post. 
Also, the other thing that we do a lot of times is we'll also make sure to optimize for the guest's name. And usually if someone looks up our guest, our podcast typically comes up at most of the time it's page one. And if not, it's within the first few pages. And we've had, unless it's like when Neil Patel was on, we did not make page one. <laughs> he was on there because he, he was like this huge SEO guru, but for the, for like normal people we're on the first page. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, okay. So that's number two. Um, and like, if you're feeling, and we could talk about this later too, but if you're feeling like doing a blog post is really going to bog you down. There are a lot of ways to work around the time that it takes to do that. So, um, so we can talk about that later if you, if you want to, but it's just, you're, that will grow it the furthest, the quickest and the longest because those blog posts live forever. As soon as you start ranking, you rank, like, it feels like forever. Like I, we had services for real estate agents that we haven't had for like five years and I still rank, you know, it's like, so it lives forever. They're extremely powerful. Okay. The third thing, um, Oh, I already talked about create the playlist for your podcast and link it, um, and link your website, um, on YouTube to there because YouTube, um, you know, Google owns the world. Right. And so, so with that, if you're on YouTube, you're on Google. So if Google sees that you're building a presence on YouTube, it actually helps with your SEO overall. Okay. So could, could you see doing any one of those things soon, like in the next right away? Uh, I'm pretty sure we could do all three of them. <laughs> awesome. Well, very good. Well, yeah, yeah. You, I, I know I'm completely confident because again, for your show, it's just a matter of getting you in front of the right people. They are going to pick up on it. You've already seen people be interested. So um, so awesome. Well, thanks for letting me share that with you. No, it's fine. I really appreciate it. That's great to have the advice. That's awesome. Well, um, now for our listeners, as you're listening to this, please go check out the Community Safety Podcast. It is awesome. You can look it up on your favorite podcasting platform or go to www.thecommunitysafetypodcast.co.uk. So Jim, thanks again so much. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap? One thing I was going to ask you, Tiffany, was you talked earlier about true crime. And at the moment, I'm in the documentary section. So I'm just wondering, I mean, I know the true crime is quite competitive, but do you think it would be something to to look at potentially changing the category? Okay. I, yeah. So just kind of full disclosure, I am so excited to do these hot seats because it's basically like, like doing a consultation, but recording it. And I was really nervous because I thought, oh my gosh, what if people are going to ask me stuff? I'm going to say it out loud and I'm going to have like a million podcasters, you know, looking down on me, but I don't care honestly either. And this is one of those questions as we started talking about it. And I actually, that came out of my face about like it being yeah. true crime. I thought, I know he's going to ask me this. I just got my ears pricked so up just, then when you said that. <laughs> just so you know, um, podcast algorithms are not transparent. Okay. So we don't really know even like what you were talking about, Apple, there's a lot written online about how shifty the, you know, (laughs) Apple algorithm is and how they, they, they'll tell you generally what will get you at the top and they'll leave out a whole lot, you know? Um, so it's really at their whim. So, I can tell you what I would do as a podcaster if I were you, because you're early on, you have, I think you have room. So you're late enough in the game to where you have some podcasts and you have some episodes under your belt. Um, so you're kind of past that big rush, but then you're also building momentum. So anytime you make a change, like a category, it will disrupt. It could disrupt it. However, I um, true crime is very, very popular. And like you said, it makes it more competitive. Um, so first of all, before I would give you a definitive answer, I would probably do some research on how many podcasts are actually in those two different categories and how many people listen to those two categories. So like, what's the saturation level, right? That would be my first question. So making assumptions though, I'll tell you what I would do making assumptions that, if both are equal, I would do true crime. I would test. I would, 
I would like do Spotify. This is so bad. This is like such a terrible SEO answer, but I I'm just curious like this. I would do like Spotify. I would do one and then Google, I would do another and I wouldn't touch Apple. I would just leave it. And then I would see if you could like, and I don't know if your stats, if you're able to see what platform, can you tell which platform? Yeah. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. So I would watch for, like, I would set the baseline before you made a change and then I would watch it um, for like a couple months. Like it's going to take a little bit of time and your numbers aren't so huge that you're going to get some accurate reading on it. But the number one thing you don't want to see is a drop. Right. And, um, but I would, I would do it and then I wouldn't touch it for 30 to 60 days and I would just watch it. And again, it's not like scientific because you need more numbers, but it would at least give me a sense of that. But I think at the end of the day, saturation level would be pretty heavily weighted as well. But, um, I would advertise it as true crime. Yeah. You know, so even if you didn't touch and usually you can pick a primary and a secondary category. That's right. Yeah, you can, yeah. So I would like I would just leave it and then, you know, especially because my sense is that the saturation level is lower for documentary than it is for true crime. Yeah, that's and what people, I was told. And people who are like, Oh my gosh, I've listened to all the true crime. Let's go look at like you're gonna show up higher because there aren't as many, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess at the end of the day, having talked this out, I think that's what I would do is leave it and then, but I would advertise it as a true crime. Yeah. So that sounds good to me. Thanks for the advice. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Phew. That was, that was a little bit stressful for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you but, made I, but it I, I stand by perfect, my answer. <laughs> perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, awesome. And anything else before we go, Jim? No, just thank you. Thank you for the time that you've spent with me. It's been absolutely brilliant. I've really loved it. Oh, good. Me too. Me too. I appreciate that. So, well, and to our listeners, don't be average, courageously take action and make the magic happen. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening and happy podcasting.